Please leave a message after the tone. Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh. Hey, we got this guy. So Brandon Housler looks like he's on your new team for next year. I saw that. And uh, Matt Govero. <laughs> so who is this cat? Anyways, must know him, I guess. So, dude, are they are they up for the task for Ecuador? I mean, they're in. They're saying they're in. So we're good, man. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. You are getting a number pinning version as I'm here with two of my teammates getting ready for the first stage of Vuelta Ecuador, which we will talk about in a minute. But why don't we first introduce uh, who are you? I'm Forrest Howard. And what are you? Who are you? I'm a I'm a cyclist. Uh, I'm gonna be riding with Brendan next year uh, yeah. on the Velobrew. Uh, elite squadron uh, and yeah it's going to be sweet uh, it's going to be awesome oh. and who are you? Uh, I'm Matt Govero I'm a husband and father and Cat 1 cyclist and I will also be racing with Velo Brew next year yes very cool so hopefully we have the audio there are so many little things which we'll talk about to do for a stage race that I'm planning to get a lot of podcasts done with these guys. Hopefully I get them uploaded. We'll see. We had a good mic. Uh, Sean Coletta broke it, <laughs> a.k.a. Matt Govero. And we had a we had a hot start. It was a long trip here. And really the way I will encapsulate is I woke up. We had about five, was it five hours of sleep? Yeah. Woke up, getting ready for coffee, filled up the water bottle, crushed it, and realized... Man, not going to make it. Not supposed to drink the water in Ecuador. So I had a worrisome 12 hours that I just totally make you, a horrible move. You crushed the water here? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, you haven't told me the story. Really. <laughs> Here's the story. Woke up. I was like, I'm thirsty. We were making coffee. I filled up the water bottle and just guzzled just it. And then I was like, it. oh, dude. I just drank half a bottle of water. So you've been good. You drank Guayaquil water. Yeah. Which is apparently the armpit of Ecuador, which it's not that bad. But... So, yeah, you live to tell the tale. Excellent. Live to tell the tale. But I think one question that I had before we get into getting here, people ask me, how do you feel? And, you know, it's the middle of December. For everybody that follows everything I put out on blogs and talk about training, normally I would be in a base period. And November 8th, I want to say. Your phone just locked out of the notes. Um... I got a call from my boy Landry, who was like, hey man, you want to do Vault Ecuador? I was like, well, I just did a, I'm finished up my third 20-hour base week. I mean, I guess I can kind of try and turn the corner here. And really, in looking back, I did about a day of intensity, the week of Thanksgiving, it felt super weird. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel great. But I did about two more hard workouts, and that's really all I had to... It's really all I could do. So, am I feeling as good as I would if I was going to like Masters Nationals or Nationals? Uh, no, but make do with the time that you have. Want to come for this adventure, and so you have no excuses. You just get as ready to rip as you can. And Forrest, what was your kind of run up to this? Uh, my run up was was certainly different than yours. I. Um I kind of had this this race targeted for a little while. 
Um, but it's this style of racing is so so different than most of the stuff we train for in America. I would say big rides are really all all you really can shoot for. Uh, I I uh, actually stayed in Ecuador for about a month prior to this and kind of rode at altitude and essentially just did big rides, not much serious structure. How high were you at altitude? It was about 8,000 feet elevation. Cool. So it's, it's up there. You definitely feel it. The first two weeks, I would say, really don't feel good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I once I, I came down and I, I, I just raced in Panama about a week ago and was riding okay. I would say I felt the lack of intensity in my riding, but yeah, it was, it's definitely, you know, just that altitude is kind of a cheat code almost. Mm. Certainly, certainly is beneficial. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see the guys that live here around 10, 11,000 feet. I'm curious how they are on the flats. Like we know they can go fast uphill. I'm curious what like raw power is going to be like. And uh, Matt, what was your sort of run in once I had started talking to you and like, hey, you want to try and go do this uh, crazy race in Ecuador? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much I've just been doing as much volume as I could. Um, so like 14, 15 hours a week, pretty much burn as many KJs as possible, just doing like base type stuff. And then recover as well as possible. So pretty strict a couple of days just off the bike. Um, and I had started doing just a little bit of threshold work in between that. And once we spoke, I kind of immediately switched and sort of kept as much of the volume, burning crazy KJs, um, but kind of focused on some hard hard sessions of like VO2 stuff, just a couple. Um, not that anything really was going to change too much, but more of like re-letting the body know like, hey, this is what it feels like to bleed out of your eyes for <laughs> five or six minutes at a time. Nothing like some bloody pupils. <laughs> Which, um, speaking of bloody pupils, we might have some when there's a couple gnarly sections from what some local teams had told our DS. And so people are always curious about bike, tech, gear, etc. cetera. Uh, I think the biggest change, which isn't really a huge change for me, I'm rocking the Big Berthas, the uh, WTB Exposure 30s. They actually measure 32 millimeters um, in width. And I'm pretty excited to just have the extra meat on the ground when riding on roads that I've obviously never been on in a big field and a really strong field. So I think just extra handling too for me is a huge uh, personal advantage because I'm not the best bike handler. So if I can do something just with like a wider tire, I think it will be more beneficial than if someone's like, well, you're not going to be as fast as maybe a 28. It's like, well, I actually might be as fast because I'm going to be more confident and a lot of this race, especially in the beginning, is us asserting that we belong here, that we're here to race and that we're not getting pushed around by other teams that might, you know, try and smell blood a little bit and and just intimidate us. So um, anything on either your guys' setup that's different from your norm or... Like that just kind of stands out that you think is somewhat unique. Personally, I, I 
really like the move of fatter tires here. Uh, the the Latin roads definitely are not the best, and a lot of these towns in Ecuador are paved with like a, a brick paving stone, which is really bumpy. There's lots of speed bumps. There's certainly going to be some potholes out there. So yeah, the big tires are definitely a, a good move. I actually had some older 30s on my bike that I just took off. I'm put on some 25s now, so hopefully I don't regret that decision. Um, but it's kind of a it's a pretty burly 25, pretty good flat resistant kind of CX 25. So hopefully that works out well. I don't know. Hope I hope I feel fast and not too sketched out by potholes and bricks, but we shall see. This number, this is sucking. What did I do there? <laughs> uh, Gavero. <laughs> uh, nothing out of the ordinary for me. Um, tire choice, I'm on uh, 28s, um, tubeless, on a pretty wide internal uh, wheel, and so pretty much I can run fairly low pressures. The tubeless is a great move. Yeah. Um, and even after uh, spinning today and yesterday, kind of getting an idea of the road surface, I definitely think the bigger the better. I, I think you made a good call. Yeah. Sticking with the 30-32s. Cool. Yeah, 30 slash 32. Um, <laughs> the, the language you guys just missed, we ordered five towels. The guy came... The little guy came with five uh, pillows, and we <laughs> we experienced that off the bat. I ordered Matt the most non-vegan sandwich ever, but I, I do enjoy the challenge of getting around and uh, kind of having to think on your toes a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting if that has that ever played out for you for us differently in a race. Like you don't know what people are saying. Like I've only been in a race where I was more when I was down down in uh, Florida. There was like a Costa Rican team. There were a bunch of dudes that just naturally speak Spanish, Spanish down yeah. there. There were a lot of people yelling stuff that I had no idea what was going on. Um, I don't, how I, does that? Me have you been in any weird situations? Not, not really down here. I mean, uh, racing in Panama and Guatemala. I mean, it's like once the race starts, it's bike racing is universal. Like it, you know, plays out the, the exact same way as it would in a. You know, your, your, local, your local group ride, you know, if you, you can pull through, you do. If you can rotate, you do. If you're trying to sit on for your teammate, then you do that. It all kind of just rolls mm -hmm. naturally, I think. Um, yeah. Which I think is fine because I don't really talk to other people in the race that much anyways. Like, I'm definitely not a talker. I think talking, usually, like, the guys who are, like, telling other people what to do, nobody likes that. You know, it's like, or people get barky. Yeah. So... We had a first ride. It was really hot. Uh, I shouldn't say really hot. It was 90 degrees, hot for December. Didn't feel super great, but that was, you know, lack of sleep, flying a whole day. It took a really long time to get here. And, uh, you know, I bring that up because, you know, I think people over taper often, so that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, I felt really good on... Saturday morning when I did a group ride. There's no way that, like, I changed that much over a couple days. And it's easy to freak yourself out. But if you feel good, you just have... And then you don't. You just had an off day. It's not like, oh, my God, what, what just happened? I mean, the body will be back. It takes a day or two to just get back in the swing of things. I'm looking forward to going to bed after this podcast and 
waking up tomorrow and the race will start and just you know the race nerves will take over and I say nerves the more the, the race mojo so I think um, my tip from that is if you can get to your race destination with 48 hours or even more before you race it is a massive advantage there's especially a race like this there are so many I don't think we've stopped really doing things since we've landed here yeah, and whether it's ride team meeting do the team presentation go get the numbers fix random stuff on the bikes change things on the bikes now we're packing to leave gotta get up here gotta go meet for long it's just like I mean I talked to all my athletes before and was just like hey I don't I might be gone off the face of the earth for the next seven days because once you start getting tired from racing it's just it's tough Um, but I'm excited for it it's really opportunity we don't get to do very often really push it um i mean I, this style of racing is just an adventure like all the all the bullshit we have to do like besides race is like it's all kind of part of it you know you never you never know what you're gonna get it's it's wild it's wild in ecuador it really it, the stage race is different i mean even new zealand i remember just dealing with transfers and you know recovery is so important eating the right foods also, just eating food. I mean, I've I've tried not to eat granola much or things that are have artificial sugar back at home, and now I'm just like crushing whatever's around. That there's a lot of weird foods here that I don't normally eat. So I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to eat that, but you know, and you don't get to choose always. Like tonight was these papas, potatoes, some. Uh, I guess it was almost like a coleslaw. So a couple over easy eggs. Yeah. And a bunch of the juice here is ridiculous. The every night has had different juice. Whether it's what's the what's the purple one? Mesa. Oh, the purple no, one table. was uh, mora. Mora. It was, uh, it's like blackberries. I yeah, think. blackberries. There was a papaya one. There was a orange one. I don't know. The juice has been off the hook. Um, what I don't know what else sticks out to you guys that people would want to hear about from just getting here or like your where's your mental mindset like tomorrow it starts I mean I'm ready just to just go race it's like we got the numbers we're doing this my pin job is like a six out of ten I don't really <laughs> care I just want to get to the start line we ride to the start tomorrow morning um, I don't know it's just finally go time what are you guys kind of thinking about yeah I, I would agree that it there's been like a lot of energy spent just mentally with um, what ifs preparation small little hurdles I'm kind of over it like I yeah ready to get on the bike and just Mm -hmm. like all the nerves of it now are like tomorrow's it's go time like I'm excited like pure excitement zero nerves it's just like get on the bike and do it we literally the reason that we ride Mm -hmm. that's it's, it's get on the bike and do what yeah. we're doing tomorrow. I, I love these style of races, man. They're it's it's crazy. I mean, you can have in in you know domestic cycling in America, you can have the most extreme highs and the most you know depressing lows. But you know when you travel to a foreign land and you know spend a lot of money to get here, and it's it's a ridiculous amount of energy. It's those highs can be even higher, and those lows, I mean, even lower. I've had some pretty terrible times at some of these races so <laughs> so yeah it can go either direction very hard 
I think it's that is something that the lows. Oh man, it. <sighs> I don't know if a lot of people get to really experience some of those extremes just because they don't they don't put themselves out there enough to race so much. But when you're racing a ton, you hit those patches that are just not going well, and at the exact opposite, you hit the ones where. When you're winning, when your team's winning, it's like, man, this is all. Every weekend just feels so good. The training feels so good. But when it's not, I don't know, when it's not clicking, what do you do? When they, let's say you go somewhere, you flew somewhere. Oh, well, I what's can. What's the. I can do a whole another podcast on my experience. I did the. It was the Tour por La Paz in Guatemala. And uh, we can we can discuss this in okay. another hour. But I got, long story short, I got lost and I crashed really hard. Um, two different days, and um, and yeah, those like those that whole experience, like it, it really it messed up almost my season. I never i I couldn't really get back into a groove after that, and just to travel all that way and then just just be destroyed, like absolutely destroyed over two days. You know, like like mentally, physically, like nothing is nothing's going good. It it, it hurts. It hurts hard. But I mean, that's it's all part. Of, you know, you gotta. It's bike racing, like you got to. What's the bounce out. back though? What makes you like okay? You know, it, how did it ruin almost ruin the season? Or I mean, like, so after after that happened, I had I had a couple more bad crashes, in, like in the, this spring, uh, this past spring. So I don't know. It, you know, it, it certainly it just it was like a an event that kind of just shifted shifted my energy. You know, my yeah. kind of racing energy towards a. You know, Do you like think you crash more because you once you crash, sometimes you start overthinking everything? I, I mean, yeah, I totally think so. That like when you ha- you you know when you're feeling good on the bike, you feel fucking good on the bike. When you when you crash, like you know you it's always then there's that sticks in the back of your mind and yeah, it's certainly me. I mean, I'm it's almost like you lot like hairy situations happen and it's just like you can almost see a crash happening, which is like the last thing you want to think of. I think we kind of will ourselves to these. Uh, the the mind is crazy, weird things. I don't know. Um, Matt, what's your closing thoughts on this quick pre-race podcast? Your numbers looking decent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank That's you. Right. We're we're working on at least a seven out of ten. <laughs> They're a little. Foldy up top, but I think maybe. Big, yeah, they're gonna stretch. They're gonna stretch. That's that back attack. Um, what do we miss? What about the trip here? Because this is your first international experience besides your honeymoon. That's right. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. I was like, where have you Dude. been outside the country? He's like, Jamaica when I got married. When He, he got married when he was 15. Oh, man, this is like... <laughs> oh, really? No. Oh. <laughs> when did you get married? Uh, I was 21. Like, uh, I was so you're, you're still, still yeah. He's 26. His kid's 15. Wow. Oh. <laughs> All of them. Mississippi, <laughs> Mississippi. They do things differently. You should you should come visit. You should come visit. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, no. no, but for real, it was a. Uh, it was yeah. It, it overall it was good. Nothing crazy on the trip. Um, we had a crazy like karate chopping Karen on the plane, like <laughs> kicking the bathroom door shut every five minutes. Yeah, your numbers look good. They look not great. Yeah, we'll do a little. We'll adjust. Nah, I mean that's. We've got eight days to make it look primo. So still the, that's like that's wild. Like you're, we're out there, you know. Like we're this, out there. This is not. This is not. I, I, a, I will say I've 
for the first international trip. Uh, I've taken to riding my bike on the interstate well. <laughs> yeah. We, we rode on... I mean, it's funny when you don't... We looked on a Strava heat map, and it really took us to a highway. So we rode it, and uh, the drivers here are amazing. They give you a ton of space for the most... I mean, they we took a lane, and they weren't, like, behind us honking their horn. They just went around us, which was pretty incredible. Um, you know... I don't know, I'm excited to see this country. We're So we're leaving from Guayaquil tomorrow morning. We will end up in Quito. We will probably stop in little towns that don't have flushable toilets. We will do a podcast from one of them. No, I'm just kidding. We won't do a podcast from there. But, yeah. While, uh, you know, eating some wild foods and just trying to survive. You know, we got some food for the road tomorrow when we finish the race. And then... Man, I don't know when you'll hear from us next. The second stage, uh, hit us up on Instagram, but the second stage is going to be 140 miles and how many feet of climbing? I, I think it was 7,000. Okay. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think it was around 7,000. And then there is a 13,000 foot climbing day and there's some other big stages. So <coughs> 750 miles heading north. We will talk to you soon. Thanks, dudes. Gracias. Gracias. Rally, rally, rally.